Church, there's only one way for us to experience the reconciliation of righteousness that God has for us and that our hearts yearn to experience. That's by faith. We're going to talk about just how that happens for us right here on today's episode of The Faith Life. Hey, what's up, church? It is your dear brother, Damaris Johnson. Welcome to another edition of the Faith Life Podcast, where we share with you the methodologies, the keys, and the principles that God has given us in order for us to possess the life of faith that God wants us to possess. And in today's show, we're going to um, get into a very important passage of scripture where we are dealing with the uh, faith life. Uh, We've been talking about how there are four places in the Word of God, in Habakkuk, the second chapter, and in Romans, the first chapter, in Galatians, the third chapter, and in Hebrews, the tenth chapter, we we read and it is declared to us that the just shall live by faith. And what we've been doing, we've been looking at each aspect of those scriptures, uh, reading those scriptures and and reading them. And thinking on them in the context for which they are written because in every place the uh, word of God declares to us that the just shall live by faith the context is different and because the the context is different it gives us insight into uh, the another or a different aspect of what faith is all about Uh, as we read in Habakkuk the uh, context there reveals to us some dynamics of faith that you know you won't get when you read the just shall live by faith in romans the first chapter so these dynamics are important for us to understand if we're going to grasp the overall you know um importance of faith as god would have us to grasp it so we have to we have to look into these scriptures individually extract the keys and the principles and the methodologies that God has given us so that our knowledge base increases as it pertains to our faith life so that there we can therefore believe God to do the things and manifest himself in our life as we are supposed to remember remember in the new covenant the activation of that covenant is determined by what we believe the grace of God that is available to us in the new covenant the grace of god that is embedded within the new covenant that god has established with the nation of israel and engrafted us gentiles into is activated by faith the scripture tells us that we access this grace romans the fifth chapter the second verse we access this grace by faith wherein we stand you can have all the grace you want you can have all the grace you want you can have all the grace you want but if you don't access it by faith, it will be as if it is not even available to you. It's just like me giving my son an inheritance and he got a million dollars in the bank. If he never goes to the bank and gets a debit card so that he can, or a checkbook so that he can access that money. If he don't go to that bank and sign his name on the dotted line, then it's as if I've left him nothing. Well, it's the same way. We emphasize, and I got it, and we should be emphasizing the grace of God. It's, it's very important to us. We are saved by grace. But what does it say the rest of the scriptures? We've been quoting that scripture, but we stop in Ephesians. We are saved by grace through faith. 
and i get it grace is the empowering factor that that comes upon the life of a believer that enables us to do the supernatural and i'm with that 100 i'm a grace man i'm a man filled with grace but guess what if my faith ain't active then that grace won't be active so we got to understand that our faith as the as a uh, believer today our faith is is of utmost importance it is of utmost importance and we need to emphasize that aspect of our of our life is is the faith is believing god that's what jesus emphasized in his ministry that's what peter emphasized in this ministry that's what paul emphasized in this ministry that's what james emphasized in his ministry the the jesus our lord apostles emphasized it god emphasized it in you know under the first testimony in the first testimony he that's that's what the testimony is about the testimony is about believing abraham believed noah believed god well no 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 the bible says abraham found grace yeah but how did he find it because he believed god he's a man of faith god told noah that man you go build a boat because it's about to rain no what you mean rain it ain't what is that what's rain i'm telling you it's about to rain god told me it's about to rain man wait it ain't never rained well that ain't never happened before god but Noah didn't go through all that. Noah believed God. And because he believed him, his whole household was saved. See, it was, it's always been about faith. See, we got this notion that because, you know, the Bible refers to the, the old and new, you know, we got this notion that we have something that uh, in this, in our covenant that they didn't have in their covenant. But what do you think Hebrews 11 is all about? It's talking about faith. And then it mentioned nobody from the new covenant. Nobody on this side of the cross. If everybody on the other side of the cross is mentioned, they had faith back then. They had faith under the first testament. They had faith. See, see, the there's no there's only one testimony. There's only one testament. There's no such thing as an old and new testament. There's only one testimony. Now there's there's an old and a new covenant, but there's only one testimony. And the testimony is the same from Genesis to Revelation. The testimony is the testimony of faith. Is a testimony of what happens when a man believes God. Is a testimony of what happens when man lives at the highest plane of life he was designed to live by faith. It's the faith that God is. That's what excites God so much about when we believe Him, because we're functioning as if God created how God created us to function. The highest plane of life by which man can live is faith. It's faith. And Paul. Paul was excited to preach to the church at Rome because he was brought to ignite their faith. He said, as much as in me is, as much as in me is, I love it. He says, as much as in everything that I'm about, all the strength, all the might, everything that's in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel, the good news of the grace of God and how to access that grace to you that are at Rome also. Romans, the first chapter, the 15th verse. He says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first, then also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. And I believe Paul was referring to Habakkuk. The just shall live by faith. And that's what I want to really dive into today. Those verses of scriptures where Paul, Paul was talking to the church at Rome. He says, I'm a debtor. You know, Paul considered it a debt. Man, church, we have to have the same mentality. He considered it a debt. He was indebted. He considered, he, he, listen, he considered himself delinquent. He did, considered himself 
a transgressor. He considered himself one who owed the church at Rome, the believers at Rome, the people at Rome. He owed it to them. He said, I'm a debtor both to Greeks and the barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as in me is, he, he considered it a debt to preach the gospel to those who hadn't heard it. He considered it a debt to preach the gospel to those who he had been called. I considered it a debt to those who I'm called to speak this word of faith to. I considered it something that I owe them. I owe you this because God has revealed some things to me that's going to help you, that's going to bless you, that's going to empower you to be who it is God has called you to be. I owe you this. It was a debt to Paul. Oh, how deep the word cut his spirit. How deep the word cut into Paul's soul for him to consider the debt to the Greeks and to the barbarians, to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the good news. I'm ready to preach the gospel. I'm ready to make an announcement to you. I'm ready to declare to you the goodness of our God, the power of our faith, the glory of the grace of God. How much God loves you. Man, Paul was ready. He says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's what one, first thing I want to deal with is the gospel of Christ, the good news of the anointed one and his anointing to remove burdens, to destroy yokes, to overcome sin, to impute, impute righteousness, to declare faith unto you. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's a gospel of the anointed one and his anointing. It's a gospel of how the anointing was upon Jesus Christ who believed God. Who walked by faith, who lived by faith, who declared faith, who inspired faith, who was moved by faith. Everything that happened in the ministry of Jesus to others was, was ignited by their faith. Time and time again, we read how Jesus would encourage people to believe. Just, oh, if you would just believe. He begged folks to believe because Jesus knew the power of believing. He said, the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. See, Salvation is a five-tiered five entity. There's five tiers to our salvation. Uh, an aspect to it, it means to be rescued. It means to be kept safe. It means to deliver from. It means to bring into a point, to bring to a state of health. And it means to save. These are powerful, powerful words. The Greek word is soteria. Um, the gospel of Christ manifests itself in delivering you from the penalty of sin, from the presence of sin, and from the power of sin. That's the gospel of Christ as it relates to sin. It delivers you from unbelief, from doubt, from fear, from, from the um, effects of sin on your conscience, from guilt and shame and conduct. See, all of these things are power sappers power zappers i should say <laughs> power zappers from our faith the gospel of christ for it is the power of god unto salvation to everyone that believeth there we go the gospel of the good news that christ jesus was anointed to remove burdens and to destroy yokes that christ jesus was anointed to um to bring the life of god to the people of god that christ jesus was anointed that Christ Jesus is anointed, that Christ Jesus was anointed to do great and mighty things in this earth. Christ Jesus came with an anointing to, to remove all of the shame and guilt and, and the things that hinder you from reflecting the glory of God. 
Jesus, see, that's why Jesus announced in his ministry over in Luke's gospel, but he was, starts around the 18th verse, he declared the spirit of the Lord is upon me. See, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He had sent me to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind. He had, and to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus was quoting from Isaiah 61. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The anointing upon me, the spirit of God, I'm sorry, the spirit of the Lord being upon me speaks to the anointing resting upon us. What happens when the spirit of God comes upon us? We then walk in a level of anointing that we are able to, preach the good news of prosperity to those who are poor to preach the good news that god don't want you poor that god can bring you out of poverty that god has empowered you already to overcome poverty the, to break the spirit of poverty in your life so the anointing that was upon christ the gospel of christ is a is the declaration of the anointing to remove poverty to break the yoke of poverty to deliver you from poverty to bring poverty to naught in a person's life he was sent to bring healing, to bring healing to the brokenhearted. In other words, to mend those, to mend those that are dealing with a, a brokenness. See, what we have to understand too, what we have to understand about that, that road broken, I mean, brokenhearted means to be shattered. It means to be broken into pieces. It means to be bruised. It means to have um, your feelings and your, and your thoughts hurt. It means to have a, a weight upon you that you can't get off of you. All of these speaks to the effects and the outcome of what sin has done to man. When he talks about bringing healing to the brokenhearted, it's talking about all of the outcomes that happened when Adam decided to make the decision he made and caused us to be born with the burden and the pain and the weight of sin upon us, caused us to be born a birth in into a darkness see that's what it's talking about when you're talking about broken heart it's not talking about when your boyfriend break up with you when your girlfriend go out with somebody else it's not talking about just that i should say but it goes deeper than that it talks about a, a brokenness a shattering that took place when we were severed from god our hearts was shattered our hearts was broken and we didn't even realize it but that's what jesus came to bring healing to he came to bring a cure for he was the he was the cure to that shattering he was the cure for that brokenheartedness he was the cure for the sicknesses and the diseases that come upon us because we were separated from the power of our lord god of our, of our lord and savior jesus christ it was the it was the it's the it's the healing it's the ability to make whole and to bring into wholeness he said he said he sent me to bring healing so the anointing that was upon the our Christ, the anointed that was upon the gospel that Paul preached was about bringing healing to those who've been broken and shattered by the weight of sin. To preach deliverance. Oh, I love it. The anointing that was upon that Paul preached was to bring deliverance. That word deliverance, it speaks of bringing a freedom. Freedom through being pardoned is what I want you to catch. Freedom to, bring, to, be, to be pardoned. See, God has pardoned or separated us or justified us of any wrongdoing he says we've been pardoned from sin in other words that thing that we were born in and that we were shaped in paul referred to, i mean uh david referred to in psalm 51 he says we've been pardoned from it it also speaks to us being forgiven of any sins our sins being remitted now you got to understand something under our new covenant our sins are no longer remembered by god 
Think about that now. Our sins are no longer remembered by Father. So I have a question for you. Why are you reminding yourself of the stuff you did wrong last week, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Not you. Why do you allow people to remind you of the things that you did in the past? God don't remember it. Then you should remember it. God don't remember it. So I shouldn't be putting you in remembrance of it. Man, we got to go on and grow great as David did. Bible says, David, went on. You better go on and grow great in the Lord. We got to go on. See, we've been, the good news is we're free from those things that, were, that we did in our past. We're free from the things that sin made us do. We're free from it. I was a slave to sin. I didn't want to do that stuff. Sin made me do it. I'm free from it in Jesus' name. Be free from it in Jesus' name. Be free from it in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. That's the power we have. He came to preach deliverance to the captives. See, sin and the reminder, being reminded of, of my sin and things I did in the past, it captivates me. It makes me a prisoner. That thought captive means to be a prisoner of war. There's a warfare going on about what you did in your past. Don't, don't allow the enemy and people to put you in remembrance and keep you captive of those things. He says he came to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind. All that we might see. All that we might see. Oh, it's important that we see that the blind, I believe, is twofold. It's spiritual and it's physical. As we know, Jesus healed blind folks. But I, I believe the spiritual blindness is most important. See, he came to recover, restore sight that we might see God. See, remember, God wants to be seen now. He wants to be seen. He wants to be seen. God wants you to see him as he is. He wants you to see him for who he is. He wants you to see him. He wants you to know him. Remember that now. He wants to be seen. He wants to be known. He said, blessed are the pure in heart. Why? What's so blessed about our purity? Man, we get to see God. Oh, we get to see him for who he is. We get to see him in all his splendor and all his glory. We get to see him in all of his humility and all of his pain and all of his suffering. We get to see God. Oh, man, it's a beautiful thing. We get to see God. To set at liberty, then that are bruised. Jesus came to set at liberty, then that have been bruised, crushed, broken by the weight and the power of being separated from God. And to preach the acceptable year. That acceptable year he's referring to is the year of Jubilee. The year of favor is what it brings out. The year of abundant favor. The year that we are approved. The, we, the year that we are accepted. That was a year in their day. Every 50 years. Every 50 years they have what they call the year of Jubilee. But glory be to God. Oh, in this new covenant, we have a we have a lifetime of jubilees. Every day is jubilee. Oh my goodness, what a wonderful thing. Every day is jubilee to the believer in this new covenant. Oh, how good God is. It's a wonderful revelation. Paul said, I'm not ashamed. But I come to preach this thing. I come to talk about the goodness of Christ. I come to give you insight. I come to give you revelation. I come to talk to you. I just want to talk to you about just how good God has been under this new and living way. And so Paul starts off his message with, I am in debt to the Greeks and the barbarians, to the wise and unwise. And as much as in me is, I'm coming to talk to you about the goodness of the Christ Jesus who was anointed with an anointing. And it is the power that will manifest all fivefold aspects of the salvation of God in your life. But it's predicated on one thing. To everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and then also to the Greek. He says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed 
from faith to faith. So it's the gospel. It's the gospel that specifically reveals the righteousness of God. Or the, the word is actually or is actually the equity or the or how God justifies man now. See, there was there, the, the whole cry of man's heart is to be justified before God. You may not be aware of that cry. You may not quite understand that cry. You may express the cry differently, but fallen man is crying out. The Bible says all of creation is groaning and, 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 and yearning for an expectation, for an expectation of the manifestation of the sons of God. Everybody wants to be right with God. Don't let nobody tell you opposite. The atheists run from it. That's why they say they don't believe in God because they can't avoid, they can't escape that, that yearning to be justified, that yearning to be acquitted, that yearning because, see, when man fell, he put himself in a position that he was not supposed to be in. And because of that, the Bible says, the Bible says God has placed eternity in the heart of man. No matter how fallen we did, how, how far we've fallen, there still is a cry in our hearts to be justified. And we've come up with all kind of ways to try to make ourselves feel like God loves us. When God says, you know what? When Paul says, you know what? There is a righteousness that God has for you that you got to hear about. And it's contained in the gospel of Christ. He says, for therein, in the gospel of Christ, is the righteousness of God revealed. God's way to be right with him. God's way to be reconciled with him. Remember, the whole thrust of God sending Jesus Christ to go through what he went through, to die on that cross, to be whipped and beaten, to, to be hanged on a tree, to be at a point where his heart exploded, to go spend three days in hell and rebuke the devil and snatch all of his power and authority away. And to believe him to be resurrected. That his body wouldn't see corruption. And that he would be exalted into the highest seat in the land. The right hand of the majesty on high. God sent Jesus. Jesus went through everything that he's gone through. And they sent Holy Spirit in the earth. So that we can be reconciled unto him. That we're reconciled. We see it coming out in, in, um, in Romans and in 2 Corinthians. It means to restore a right relationship with. All Father wanted to do was be restored back to his man. Oh, I beseech you to see the love in that. See the love in the gospel of Christ. See the love in our salvation. See the love in how God was willing to separate himself from his only begotten from Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. He was willing to separate himself for three days so that he could be reconciled and reunited once again with all of mankind. What a beautiful love story. Oh, somebody need to do a movie. Somebody need to make a movie. Somebody need to make a movie. In Jesus' name, that depicts the love that God has for us. We see this we see this love story enacted in the life of the loving father with the wayward son who came to him and basically says, Daddy, I wish you was dead. Give me my inheritance. Y'all do realize an inheritance only comes into play when the father's no longer, when the, when the inheritor dies. So for the 
youngest son to go to his father. Well, actually, both of them went to the father, it says. But the youngest son, to say that, is basically saying, Daddy, I wish you was dead. Give me my money. Give me my inheritance. So he basically went to his father and said, Daddy, die. Go on. I don't want to have nothing else to do with you. I want to be separated from you. It's a picture of being separated from his father. But what did the father do? When the son took the inheritance and went off into the land and squandered it, he waited for him day and night. He watched for him. He looked down the street. He went outside and stood in the middle of the street, put his hands on his hips, and looked around. He waited. He wanted, he, he assigned somebody to go and follow him and find out where my son, go, go check on my son. That's how he knew how he was living. But he waited for him. And the moment he saw him running, coming to him, he took off and started running full speed sprint. He went on and he started kissing him, started licking him like a dog. Now, remember now, he just came out of the slot. Bobby didn't say he took a shower. Love, see, love don't care about that. He started kissing on him like, like a dog laps his master. He brought him and he restored him, put a ring on his finger, put clothes on his back, put shoes on his feet, threw a party for him. Man, that's how God loves us. That's how he feels about us. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful revelation. Oh, what a wonderful revelation. We got to see it. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power, it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is his righteousness. We know the righteousness of God is imputed unto us. It's an imputed righteousness. It's a righteousness that is not worked for in the sense of, uh, in the sense of, deeds is a righteousness that is not attained in the sense of doing a whole lot of good it's a righteousness that we can't we can't do good deeds in order to attain it's a righteousness that not based upon how benevolent i am to the poor um it's a righteousness that is not imputed unto me because i give my body to be burned it's a righteousness that is not imputed unto me because i do great uh philanthropy is not a righteousness that is imputed unto me because i take my clothes down to the goodwill See, I've mentioned all these things because folks think that's what makes God love them and what makes God feel good about them and what makes God makes them right and what's going to get them into heaven. Ain't got nothing to do with that. The work, hear me now, the work that we have to put in for, the, for God to impute righteousness unto us is the work of believing. And I, and I say it that way purposely because believing there is a work to believing. Now, the work is easy and light, but it's still work. See, because people have the notion that, well, we didn't do nothing to get saved. That's a lie from the pit of hell. We did do something to get saved. Don't let anybody minimize what you did to get saved. What did you, I'm sorry, to get the righteousness of God imputed unto you. I want to say it like that. I want to say it accurately. To have the righteousness of God imputed unto my account, I did do something. I did do something. And I do something to get saved for salvation to be manifested in my life. Don't you believe that lie? Don't you let people minimize your believing? The Bible says, Abraham did what? He believed the word that God spoke to him. And it was imputed unto him. If Abraham didn't believe, do you think the righteousness of God would have been imputed unto him? No, it would not. I apologize if I sound angry. It angers me to hear people minimize your believing. You know, believing and having faith is, is the highest plane of life that we can live on as man god created us to live by faith to walk by faith that's it that's that that's why god starts dancing 
when somebody believes him when somebody repents and believes him causes him to dance in the heavens glory be to God the Bible says there's rejoicing amongst the angels who's amongst the angels God Almighty glory be to God the righteousness of God is revealed how we are reconciled to God is revealed in the gospel of Christ from faith to faith from one dimension of faith to the next dimension of faith see our faith should look on a graph it should look like uh, stairs ascending into a higher place we go from one level of faith to the next level of faith we go from one step to the next step and as we step on each step we get higher and higher and higher we grow higher and higher and higher we go higher and higher and higher in our faith for as it's written the just shall live by the righteous revelation that's revealed or that's contained in the gospel of Christ church I gotta go I gotta go oh it's been a pleasure to be able to share with you this revelation this rich revelation of the faith life that God has called us to live in Romans the first chapter verses I mean verse 17 where it's declared to him the just shall live by faith we see here that faith is contained in a whole nother context than what it was contained in in Habakkuk Habakkuk faith it, faith is revealed you, it's vision comes by faith inspiration comes by faith speed comes by faith how we need to write our faith our faith life out so there's a lot that that reveals to us in Romans the first chapter um, this the 17th verse it reveals the different levels of faith and how we got to believe God as it pertains to righteousness that we just we have to go on we have to continue to believe God we have to grow in the revelation of the righteousness of God we have to grow and, and, and realize what it means that I'm right that know the privileges and the things that come to me because I've been reconciled I've been reconciled unto God I'm in a right relationship with God Almighty my sins are forgiven God don't remember them so I'm not gonna remember remember them. I'm not gonna let people keep me in my, make me mindful of them it's a glorious revelation it's a glorious revelation of the righteousness of God how because I'm right with God there's things that I have that are waiting for me to possess how that because I'm right with God things that cause other people to fall and quit and give up in life rolls off of me like waters off a duck's back simply won't affect my flight in life so it's a powerful revelation and we live by it one degree of faith to another church your faith matters church your faith matters church your faith matters and how your life turns out the outcomes of your life are dependent upon the faith you live by come on declare with me i will live by faith listen i need you to do me a favor i need you to i need you to share this podcast i need you to comment on this podcast ask me questions church because questions beseech disciples if you look at jesus disciples they were always asking questions because they were hungry for discipleship true disciples always have questions they have questions about what it is they're hearing they want to be sure they want to be certain because they want to live this thing like it's supposed to be lived so comment ask questions most importantly though um share this podcast let your friends and your family remember paul said he counted it a debt to get this word out we're responsible as believers to 
support those that God has called to minister his word by sharing and liking. Sharing this with our friends and family. If you could do that for me, it'll be a tremendous blessing. And last but not least, support this ministry. Go to my website, DamarisJohnson.com. I have a place there so you could um, share and, and donate and give to this ministry. Our, our ministry is a tax-deductible 501c3 ministry. So um, it'll be a blessing for you to help me spread this word. And we, we know we're called to take this gospel around the world and to increase the faith of the, and strengthen the faith of the body of Christ and perfect the faith of those uh, in the body of Christ and so your your financial support will help us do that um, there's radio broadcast there's television broadcast there's um, ministries and that God has called us to and we want to we want to always be able to respond to those who want us to come and, and um, minister a word to them uh, there's a lot there's a lot of people and ministries out there that can't afford to um, cover the cost for us to travel to them and do things and we don't ever want that to be a hindrance so your support and helping us get this word out is of utmost importance and so we appreciate that we thank you for that we'll believe god with you to activate those gifts and that weaponry he's given you to create wealth so that your life can not only be blessed so that you have to give to support ministries like mine but you're able to live at a life a level of life that glorifies god's name Lord, I thank you in advance. And remember, the just shall live by faith. God bless you. I'll see you next time right here from The Faith Life.